Welcome to a new episode of A Fire Inside Out. I'm your host, Ben Hansen, joined by the one, the only, Jeffrey the Orville Cork. Orville? Oh, close enough. What is it, Orland? Without the D. All right, got it, man. Would you well, like my social security number my mother's maiden name? Let's go. Get it all out there. All they right. all want to say hello it's to the world. ones and zeros <laughs> and beatbox. That's her name. So, welcome, Cork. Hi. This episode, we're covering uh, AFI's eighth album okay. called Crash Love. You know what? Yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not the type to put on airs here, but I indulged and downloaded the deluxe edition of this. Well, this is I the great debate. pampered myself. Because when I was listening to this, yes. I didn't even realize that I was listening to an, a deluxe version of it. Uh, I bought it right when it came out. And 16 so, tracks. Yeah, I had the deluxe edition bonus disc version, it turns out. Mm. Not the iTunes Store expanded edition. But we want to be completionists with this podcast, so yeah. we are going to cover the... All the tracks on the most extended version possible of Crash Love. That's 16 songs, right? I think it might be more. 16 sounds about right, but the iTunes Store Expanded Edition. I think there's two that you haven't heard, Cork. Okay, this will be really great. Yeah. I'm going to freestyle it at the end. Yeah, I think it goes up to 18, including all those. There's a hell of a lot here, but Crash Love. Now, uh, you heard this one. Yeah. This is the one you heard in its entirety one time or half a time? I thought so. Last episode, oh. I know that I was talking all about how I listened to it maybe once, one yeah. and a half times, something like that. I booted it up again and said, oh, booted I it up again. Booted it up again. Okay. And I said, like a floppy disk from 1992. <laughs> and I said, oh, this one. Okay. I remembered it better than I thought. Okay. So it really, I, that one time left quite an impression. <laughs> I clearly listened to it more than one time. But I was pretty, I was pretty like, okay, I remember this. I remember this. And then there was one song that hit me like a ton of bricks. I hope it's the same one. Yeah. I have very I was like, strong opinions about one song. On so this. do I. And I was like, this song. And I remember that I listened to it a thousand times. And so I'm very happy to rediscover this long lost love. Okay. I don't think that we're thinking about the same song then. Yeah. I really don't think we are. Maybe not in the same ways. Um, but before I yeah. re-listened to this album, yes. a friend of mine who is a huge fan of this podcast, yeah. Fire Inside Out fan number ones in Grant. Uh, he was talking to me and he said, if you're just talking about AFI like we always do, and he's like, you know, I don't even know at this point what my favorite AFI album is. And really? I said, I said jokingly, well, I know what mine is. He said, what's that? I said, oh, Crash Love. And he goes, are you joking? I said, yes, of course I'm joking. It's, <laughs> it's freaking Crash Love. Uh, and so that is the attitude that I came into Crash Love with. But yes. let's just get it right out of the way, Cork. What do you think of Crash Love? It's a confusing situation. Okay. Because before this, you said you were super eager to talk about this one, and I wouldn't have a lick of it. I didn't want to know anything about your thoughts on this. It is the most annoying thing, seriously. I cannot reiterate. Oh, well, I can reiterate it. Here we go. <laughs> I come in, and I want to talk about it before the podcast. Because we work together. And you you plug your ears, and you make a big show of it. Like, you won't even let me say, like, you get annoyed when I say, I really want to talk about this. Because that implies that you like it. You think so? If yeah. I said I want to talk about something, you think that I like it? Yes, I do. Where you say, I'm really excited to talk about this. Because you always had that same attitude for like Sing the Sorrow. And so therefore, I connected those two in your mind. Oh, you connected them in my mind. Okay. Um, I think this is a like a weird stew. Okay. Like, it feels like it's kind of cobbled together from a bunch of different arrows of AFI. And that's not even Boy. considering the, the, the uh, bonus tracks, which of course are their own like weird little side pot of gumbo. Yeah. I feel the complete opposite. You think this is a really like a cohesive jam? I really do. I think it's maybe the most cohesive AFI album You're so a, far. You're a crazy person. <laughs> I don't think so, man. We're going to go through track by track and figure this all out. Are we going to uh, do that for a change? 
Yeah, something different Let's for this podcast. We're going to go through each track, share our thoughts on it. Okay. Before that, do you want to go into a little bit of the backstory, kind of where yeah. AFI's at? Well, this is, the album came out in 2009, Interscope Records, um, but we should take a step back. We knew each other in 2009, didn't we? Nope. We were just starting to know each other? Incorrect. When did I meet you? You met me November of 2010. Damn it. Yeah, so I wanted to know what you were doing in 20, or 2009. 20.9. My God, I was carving my initials in a tree with two question marks that soon bh would would occupy those Who slots could it be? <laughs> h what are you doing i mean you had 16 kids at that point six yeah i had 16 kids at that point <laughs> and you an sold the shoe at that point? more i had not sold the shoe okay we were, uh, had an eye on a boot but, but i mean the last time we checked in with you 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 were pining over some lady from college oh we we've Just, skipped way ahead at it, this point i'm Happily married, and I think I've got 2009. One and a half kids? I think I've got two full-fledged humans. When they could breathe on their own, that's when we call them human, right? Right, and you consider breathing conception, right? Yes. The sperm inhales when it touches the egg, according to Jeff Cork. I really want to get into this right now. And the sperm screams, oh! All right. Uh, Yeah, I was was working as a video producer in Roseville, Minnesota. An Emmy award-winning. I, I hadn't won one yet. Oh. I had been nominated, and I think maybe one. This is a local Emmy. It's, it's re, it, we call it regional. <laughs> it's uh, like beyond local. I think I had been nominated for something I worked on, and then I acted in a video playing like this film noir douchebag. Uh huh. And that one won an Emmy, so what? I can say that I'm an Emmy award winning actor. Kind of, sort of. I'll still squeeze that. Interesting. In there. Your performance didn't prohibit it from winning, <laughs> so <laughs> therefore. Yeah. There you go. What more it's do you need? Kind of a tacit endorsement. Bring on the accolades, baby. There you go. Okay, so with AFI in 2009. Meanwhile, yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> AFI band. It's an interesting era. It's been three years since December Underground. Uh, they were planning on releasing an EP. Can I stop you for a second? Oh, yeah. Three years since the last album. How long have we now between albums? Uh, it's coming up there, isn't two it? Two and a half. Okay. This seems like a long time. <laughs> anyway. You've, got, you've been in the AFI for like two months. I just think that they're kind of slacking off. Anyway. Yeah. Complete, complete losers. I didn't say losers. It was a little gallivanting around town. Do something with your lives, AFI. Fashion pants and jackets. (laughs) Fashion pants. Uh, Anyway. uh, After December Underground, they were planning on releasing an EP of kind of, you know, leftover stuff from December Underground's recording. Never came out. And the only response that I could find about it was that it didn't come out for, quote unquote, political reasons. Oh, Bush. (laughs) war for oil right guys actually it's interesting that you bring that up because i was reading a bunch of interviews with afi around this time and it was like around end of 2008 2009 where they're doing a bunch of interviews for this album mm-hmm. um and davy havoc did cite like uh the optimism of the nation back in 2008 with obama getting elected uh and how that might have had an influence and he thinks that the country's just ready for something optimistic and positive hmm. which you could see this album as in some ways it's true I guess when I think about it, which yeah. I probably should have done before we started recording. Do you have vivid memories of Obama being elected? Uh, he got right up there and waved his fist and, oh, how we cheered. Does that, <laughs> that jibe with your recollection? Yeah, I that's don't it. know. No, I remember having this really, because I was covering it and I was producing four hours of like live election night coverage for 
TV station. That's the worst, by the way, is covering any kind of presidential election. Yeah, well, you did it from the newspaper side of things. Oh, my God. But imagine a live newspaper where you were the sole producer trying to arrange all this crap with three different locations and sets you had to jump through. Not just the sets in the same studio but jumping no. from like a library set across town to this to this oh, to have like production trucks out there it was a nightmare i can imagine but there was one moment that i'm so glad i got to see where it's like when obama was like yep we're calling it obama's mm-hmm. won this election yep uh i remember there's an african-american lady just losing her mind she was so happy and she got like a big cardboard cutout of obama and she was like having pictures of her taken with it like with her cell phone like two thumbs up and stuff and so now whenever I think of like, you know, the first African-American president being elected, I have that very specific memory in my mind ah. and being very stressed out, you know, like that. Uh, it, it's all going to come collapsing at any point. That's right. I started screaming that <laughs> to the heavens. <laughs> that cardboard cutout's going to collapse. <laughs> but okay. AFI wrote yes. Crash Love. Uh, actually, let's, let's, let's back this up, Cork. Where do you think AFI wrote this album? What, what does it make you feel like if you had to choose a location for them to write this album in? Oh, boy. Jade and Davey were sitting around someplace writing this album. What oh, is the feel of this whole thing? This whole this whole thing. Yeah. I'm thinking on a beach. Ooh. Sunny South Padre. Really damn close. Really damn close. Yeah? They wrote it in LA. Okay, that's not uh at a hotel sitting next to a pool. Okay. Overlooking an LA pool writing Crash Love, which is it epitomizes this album, makes it like crystal clear, like, okay, this is the tone. Yeah. They went into the writing process with for this one. Yeah. Um, there's also a really good interview from Davey from 2009 with Verbicide, a mm. website called Verbicide, and it's all about the songwriting process okay. for AFI. And I we would, haven't really covered it. I would really like to read that. Would you? Do you yeah. want me to read a little excerpt? Yeah. Okay. I'll read it later. But Well, here we go again. Hook me up. Uh, Davey says, we write a lot of songs and we throw mm. a lot of the songs away. Jade and I probably wrote something like 60 songs for this record. Which is shocking. Like, I know that's what they did for previous albums, but I, listening to this album, I thought, well, I bet they just focused on this handful. Were they but... really songs, though, that they were throwing away? Well, Do you think that they had an entire song? Half of which, says Davey, oh. the rest of the band never even heard. There are books filled with all the lyrics, with all the songs, and if I looked at the lyrics, I could probably sing you the songs. Jade and I mm. would sit together, which is how it always starts. He's, he plays parts, and I come up with melodies, and we create a song structure. Then, that night, I will listen to the melodies that are written during the day and put lyrics over them. The next day, we go over the songs that were written the day before, see if we like them, see if we keep the songs that we like. We do this for a few days until we've got a group of songs, about five or seven, and then we get together as a band, mm. bring in those hoodlums Adam and Hunter here, uh, work out the songs as a band, and everybody adds their part. From those, we decide to keep a few, and then we go back and write some more and continue that process over and over until we've got enough songs for the record that we like. Sometimes there will be... Only sometimes there will only be two songs out of every five that Jade and I write that we'll be happy with enough to bother the rest of the guys working them out. So very very skeletal structure stuff that they might even not bring to the rest of the band. So do you think those two have like their own little secret language, like you hear those weirdo twins do? Yeah. And they, you think when the band actually gets together, Jade and and Sir David are just like elbowing each other in the ribs and giggling at all their little in-jokes and everyone else is just like, we may as well just be session musicians. We'll be over here. Yeah. But they're actually so tight that in the same era, right before this album, Davey and Jade released their first side project. What? Called Black Audio. Is this something we're going to have to listen to? It's going to be a bonus episode. We're going to cover the Black Audio albums. There's two of them. Really? But the interesting thing there is that they are electronica. 
Are they good? I guess I be, remember we'll not judge. liking the first album called Sex Cells too mm. much, but I think it's C E X C E L L S. C E X? I think so. Oh, brother. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. <laughs> but uh, the interesting thing is that it's Electronica. And comparing where, like, the direction they were heading in December Underground versus Crash Love, mm-hmm. there was a fair amount of electronica slowly creeping into AFI. Yes. And you can literally hear, like, all of that being expunged into the Black Audio side project. And now it's That's just... That's a good point. Yeah. And now it's just Crash Love. They consider it very much just a rock album. This is their first attempt at just a pure rock album. Okay. If you can call it that. Would you call it that? It is a pop rock. Yes grunge butt rock album uh-huh all right i'll totally take opinion. that so a little bit in the recording of crash love itself originally their producer was david botrill uh who has produced stuff from tool and muse stuff like that they then parted ways through the production afi moved on to joe mcgrath who's produced albums for alkaline trio blink 82 the standard affair <laughs> um and then the interesting part that i'd love to know more about is towards the end they brought in jackknife lee and I think in an interview they said they only wanted Jackknife Lee for like four songs or so, mm-hmm. very specifically to just help with the sound of these four songs. But Jackknife Lee has produced a ton of stuff. Most importantly, U2. Really? Uh, yeah, they produced How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, which is the album that has like Vertigo on it and stuff like yeah. that. Who um, looks at a newborn baby and says, we'll, we'll call him Jackknife? Our little Jackknife is here. Who can say? So there are a couple tracks on this album where I think like, oh, it kind of sounds like you too. And so it's satisfying okay. to see that producer connection in there. But also during the recording of Crash Love, uh, quickly becoming fan favorite Hunter Bergen, who recently launched a new website, by the way, yeah. where he's doing weekly, maybe daily, uh, web comics, all starring this little rabbit. Okay. Uh, they aren't great so far. At some point in a future episode, we should totally dive into it. This place uh, is the pits. Exactly. And just review all of Hunter's stuff. But just to give you a taste of what Bizarre Hunter's up to in this time, he posted a video on his Tranquil Mammoth YouTube page, which we cannot say enough about. Go check it out. <laughs> where it's him in the studio during Crash Love's production, just one camera on him, and he's doing his harmony vocals outtakes. Really? Let's just give a listen here. Can I get some more tea, maybe? can't see it he looks very pleased with himself during all this he chose to post this (laughs) so what's this side project YouTube. This is where, like, it's tough when people criticize AFI for taking themselves too seriously and being, you know, gothy blowhards. Like, yeah, 
No, this is at least one-fourth of AFI right here. But he's not allowed at the cool guy table in AFI, though, to be fair. Absolutely not. He was swimming in that pool that Davey and Jade were riding next to. (laughs) They were pushing his head under the water with their feet. (laughs) All right, so it's him making obnoxious sounds for like two and a half minutes. Okay, good. Thank you. But then... What? uh, Then it gets into a little bit of a skit by the end here. Is there any way you could not speak between the lines? Yeah, I mean, I just figured that you would kind of edit around the, the... What is that? Is that a video camera? Oh, yes, the record label is recording some in-the-studio stuff. Just ignore it. It's also a giant hook pulling him off the stage. <laughs> I, I, well, the voice is a little bit off today. I... I honestly um, I feel stupid now. I did not know we were recording. Yes, that's what we do here. That's it. And scene. <laughs> it is a weird video. Just a little more insight into what the hell's going on in Hunter's <laughs> mind. Um, but moving on to the album itself. Should we call him a future uh, guest of Fire Inside Out? Guaranteed 100%. <laughs> we will have Hunter Bergen singing songs on this goddamn podcast Beautiful. come hell or high water all right but yeah uh, talk a little bit about reviews and the way the band saw this album i think it's interesting insight before we get to the meat of it um but so davy of course like always says like oh this is like my favorite album that we've ever done um he considers this album timeless he says he says it's going to be the album by which they'll be remembered and he said this in 2009 yep okay yep jade uh called this a much more cohesive album than december underground um and when the idea of it being a concept album was brought up he's like ah you know it's kind of about celebrity pop cultures and hollow celebrities and whatnot without substance but all the songs aren't about that so you can't really quite call it a concept album um davy said this record is more of a social commentary than it is an introspective record the records in the past were very brooding and very despondent but this record looks outward in essence if you tie a lot of the themes together it points to the crashing culture that we're experiencing right now and the decimation of art culture specifically, which actually has a lot to do with what we were talking about earlier, in my opinion. It's the closest album that we've done. It's closest to shut your mouth and open your eyes in ethos than it is to anything we've done since. Hmm. Which is a unique take. I don't know if anybody... In ethos. Let's be very clear. In ethos. So it's more of a social commentary, which I guess he feels like AFI hasn't done... Many trucks suck. (laughs) That's right. Well, that's what Davy's mother informed us. Yes. Uh, I think it's an interesting take that he would connect these two albums that I don't think many other people would. Hmm. But should we dive right in to Torch Song? Why not? Dive right in. It's 18 <laughs> minutes into the podcast. Say, just, just do it. Here no intro is necessary. Torch Song. Here Torch we go. Torch Song. Oh, number nine. Oh, my God. I've lost count. 
<laughs> this well, is the Yelpiest album. I very released. specifically did not lose count. Really? So it is clearly the Yelpiest album, especially when you incorporate all of the later stuff. He does like Yelp sandwiches for a lot of the songs too. Like the last thing you hear before a song is done is another Yelp. God, I can really go for a Yelp sandwich right oh, now. Delicious. Just, just Yelp one down my gullet. I'm going to rate it on that popular site. So the interesting thing about this album or this song specifically to me is that it does what it seems like you wanted them to do before where it feels like an introductory song that then bleeds into the first song. They don't break it out that way. Yeah. Which I remember you complaining about having that classic introduction song before at AFI. Yeah, and the buildup is really quick. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to the chorus right here. So I don't have any like rattling chains or anything. Right. I really thought they were saying hate me. The background vocals are saying yeah. anything, it yeah. turns out. Oh, well, I mean, it's actually the first that. time that I've caught something you have not learned. Yeah, about. congratulations. Yeah. So, what was your impression of Torch Song? I think it's a really strong opener. I yeah. Think, I think uh, um, it's very dramatic, and I like the, the chorus is quite catchy, uh, tearing out of eyes and all that kind of stuff. Nothing's catchier than eyeballs. Oh, my Taren. God. I, I was focusing more on the drama. But, oh, I see. But yeah, it's I know you're a big fan of Congo for that reason because the gorillas tear out eyes. <laughs> yeah, and Event Horizon. That's they... right. Uh, so yeah, let's get to the breakdown here in Torch okay. Song. Then we haven't talked about breakdowns in a long time. I know, right? I agree. Uh, not my favorite song in the album, but I think it's no. a really solid introduction to the entire entire experience here. Yeah. Uh, lyrics about being, just pretty simple lyrics about being infatuated with a lady. Mm-hmm. Kind of getting back to that old theme. Yeah. Um, or a man. There we go. Or a man. Who can say? Uh, so you like Torch Song? Yeah. Should I we, do. Should we keep moving on? Are you, like, Do you have an impression of this album based on that song the first time you heard it or anything? No idea. Okay. And I'm glad I didn't try to forge an, an impression because... I would have been completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, my impression hearing that song again the first time I re-listened to this was like, ooh, this is stronger than I thought. And I remember what this album's like now. And I'm feeling more optim- optimistic about it this time around. But we'll see how that goes as we move on to Beautiful Thieves. Beautiful Thieves. Second song. Let's uh, let's jump into the chorus of Beautiful Thieves. Beautiful Thieves chorus. Cork, hit me. What do you think of Beautiful Thieves? I really like what I would I'll just call it the choral blast. I really yeah. like that effect. It seems like kind of in the last song too, they they use the kind of like the chorus or like the chant mm-hmm. is more of like a um, like a an effect rather yeah. than like an accompaniment. It's just kind of like a sound effect that's like in and out kind of a thing. If that yeah. makes any sense. I, I hear you. For me, it's just kind of like a. Bah. Yeah, I'm totally with you. For me, the big 
impression this entire album left on me is that I feel like it's been a while in AFI, going back to like maybe Art of Drowning, specifically Black Sails though, where the background vocals and that chorus effect was used in kind of like an energetic, fun way. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it feels optimistic. Yeah, in a weird way, even if the lyrics aren't exactly the most uplifting, I think it it has a nice communal effect, which is something we talked about a lot with early AFI. Yeah, kind of the rallying the community angle. I think it works really well in this song in particular. It's it's a poppy one. Yeah. Um, it's a good us against them anthem. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's the first where it kind of hints at the kind of theme for this album where the lyrics are just about thinking about yourself above the fray uh, if you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to hear AFI dive into celebrity culture. Not because it, it's not like Davey's writing about himself and he thinks right. of himself as a celebrity, but clearly they just spent a lot of time in L.A., and this is what Davey wanted to write about, mm-hmm. was celebrity status. The be sure to wear your best will surely make the covers. Yeah. Classic Davey. Classic Davey. Uh, let's listen to the... Okay, there's this moment in the breakdown here where I think it's interesting because the guitars stay deeper, but Davey has this higher pitch voice, mm-hmm. and the contrast hasn't really appeared in AFI before that I can think of, but let's play that bit here. That sounds pretty standard. Yeah. And this part here. It's a different sound. Mm-hmm. God, we should just listen to this entire song. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, for one being so poppy, I, I'm surprised that i like it as much as i do but i really really do enjoy this one yeah same here uh also with beautiful thieves on crash love the oak out for afi gets to 10 yeah he's got a couple there we go big yelp (laughs) it's a little quieter there but it's definitely there yep uh i take it you didn't watch the video for beautiful thieves let's just say that i did did you really no i just said let's just okay we'll tell you what let's take a break here and let's watch it and have our gut reactions okay all right, here we go. Beautiful Thieves, song, Cork. Song two. Just. <laughs> All right, you saw the music video. Yes. What do you think? Oh, boy. So the band, should uh, I just do a quick recap for those who have not yeah, seen it? Yeah, absolutely. They go into a mansion. There's a party in progress. And it looks like it's the beginning of Fight for Your Right to Party, where Sir David Havoc spikes the punch with some fun stuff. <laughs> He's having a good time. This is the Spanish fly, my friends. <laughs> as he shows in the flask, which is... Uh, Clearly marked, like it's it says. Uh, how do you put it? V- venom? Basically, is we we learned it's Latin for poison or drug. Yeah, he whispers, "I'm going to put some venom in them." Yeah, some venom in them. And so the band plays, and then all these people are being super obnoxious, and and then at the end they all die because they've been poisoned. It's almost as if it's some sort of power fantasy for these straight edge band members that have been had to go to a thousand fancy parties where everyone's getting super drunk and they just sit there awkwardly yes. maybe not awkwardly but being annoyed by everything around them this is their ultimate vengeance is to make make a music video about just killing every single person yeah. that drinks at this party there's like one transgression in the videos these two guys seem to be having a good time and then later you see one of them is like laughing and then touches jade's shoulder and mm. jade looks over with a sneer he's like you'll get yours when you've had the venom among punch that my friend Davey put in. So Davey's got a new look. Yes. He's I got think. short hair. He's wearing a little suit. Short hair. He's also I got it's a little short stubble. Tall. He looks he looks older and he looks better. Yes. 
Whereas before, like if he's trying to stick to that youthful look, which I'm gonna point fingers. I think Jade's doing a little bit. He's kind of got a 19 year old's haircut. But I think Danny... Jade seems to be getting smaller too. By the way, he's turning into a little boy with an old lady face. <laughs> but Davy, super handsome guy in this. Yeah, he's absolutely. Aging very, very well. Yes. Out of this world, well. Yeah, I think that poisoning people will do that too. <laughs> Take that, jocks. So that's the beautiful thieves video. It's nice to have a music video with a little bit of a story in it again. Even if the story is just simply murdering celebrities. Isn't it like the the. Like on the YouTube description or something, it says like this: the whole point of the video is that people are being held responsible or accountable for their like actions. And it's like that'll show them for going to a party and drinking wine, dressing up those Neanderthals. <laughs> yeah, you want to see our band and have a good time? <laughs> no, you won't. All right, next song is "In Transmission." This is kind of another. It's a nice like pairing because this is another song that is a kind of a us against them. Yeah. Though tonally, it's a lot differently. Yeah, for sure. So let's listen to the very beginning of In Transmission, because I think it has an interesting sound to it. I wonder what season they wrote this album mm-hmm. in. It's just the most summery sounding music. Do you count that as a Yelp? Nope. Ah, nope, not really? quite. I'm very specific with my Yelps. Okay. It's the first AFI song about a convertible since uh, Malleus Maleficarum, I do believe. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> It's just weird to hear AFI singing about convertibles and like this is the first kind of like story song on the album, I guess. Oh god, if you thought Jade sneered when that guy touched his shoulder, can you imagine put the top down? He's just thinking of all the product he's gonna have to use to reconstruct his, <laughs> his bangs. Uh so the chorus here, which we can show off, it's it's a poppy one. Yeah, very poppy. Curious to hear your thoughts on it after we hear it here. Theoretically about a celebrity pretty couple seeing a corpse or mm-hmm. if that's just an analogy for some sort of dark side mm-hmm. uh, that they've witnessed, but it's about them going on the little journey. Find a body, you need two things. You need a bag. That's right. You need a gun. Absolutely. And he asked for them both because yep. he says he's certainly going to bring it. What uh, do you do with the bag? Is the bag like a like for camping or is this like a body bag? Oh, Talk it's like a sleeping me. bag, what you, do you think? think? Oh, gosh. Who can say? Or is this just like a handbag? I'm going to go with handbag, probably. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, the end of this out al- or this song in particular, it has like a. Here, let's just listen to the ending. Okay. <laughs> That's when he forgot uh, he didn't have the safety on and he shot himself in the leg like Plexico Burris. I think, I think the engineer opened the door and he wasn't expecting it. <laughs> Like, oh, <laughs> the run kind of oh. So, in transmission, I think it's a fine song. It's on the popular end of this album, and I don't think it's really substantial enough to kind of blast through that for me. So, no, it kind of reminds me of like a dashboard confessional, yeah, song at the very beginning, especially. 
It yes. almost sounds a, it sounds a lot like it too. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I could definitely see that. I really like the like musically. I like it a lot. Okay, really. I think it's, it's like an interesting song just to listen to if you could like intentionally try to like blur out the words. And I'm not saying lyrically there's any problems with it, but I think just like musically it's interesting. Okay, yeah, with the I different like sounding the drums in the beginning. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I'm on board. Uh, next song is "Too Shy to Scream." Let's just listen to the beginning because I want to make sure I'm not crazy. Oh, but... I think uh, yeah. Okay, here's Let's the talk. very beginning of this song. Let's just go ahead and stop there. <laughs> Corey, so this is basically beautiful people, right? That's all this what? is. What? Wait a minute. The Marilyn Manson song, Beautiful People. I did not think of that. I will boot that up right now. I don't remember how that song starts. Here, here's here's beautiful people. Okay. That's right. I was thinking of another song. Let's do it. Let's. I think. I think I'm closer. We'll let the okay. listeners uh, decide in the comment section. All right. But so let press me... star one for Jeff. That's right. And hang up for repeatedly. And okay. And All here's right. here's my comparison. <laughs> it's just 100 lust for life from Iggy Pop. Okay, now hang on. Let's listen to AFI's song again. Uh, was it Too Shy to Scream? I swear to God, it's just the Lust just for think Life beat. The beautiful people, the beautiful people. Just think, just think that. Lust for Life. All right, here we go. It's when the, Lust for Life. When it man. starts, though, just wait. Okay. I'll tell you when. Pick it up, Cork. Come on. People. Lost for life. <laughs> We're really great at this. <laughs> so we'll get to this actual song instead of the intro in a bit. But uh, because this song reminded me so much of Iggy Pop, mm-hmm. um, there's a quote also from that Verbicide interview, which is actually a really good interview with Davey Havoc. It sounds like it. Where somebody talked to, or asked him about, you know, uh, songs that sound like other songs for him mm-hmm. uh, and what he thinks about kind of pulling inspiration from other music. Davey says, all the art that goes into inspiring what we do and all the experiences are really more of a subconscious inspiration. Usually people who listen to the record end up pointing to them and either it's something that is accurate and either it's something that is accurate that we haven't thought of or it's something that's way off, but we never really know. Like yesterday I was in the gym. This guy who enjoys AFI was talking to me and he was talking about the break in the middle of Medicaid. I'll check it up to in a bit. Mm-hmm. And he said that it reminded me, reminded him of Pink Floyd or Kate Bush type of music and davy says i thought wow i mean yeah we totally get the stony psychedelic vibe from that moment but he's right i hear the kate bush thing and kate bush is awesome but that's not something we were going for hmm. so obviously saying oh, it's all unconscious you listen to a lot of stuff it kind of filters right. in what are you going to do but god they must have thought of iggy pop in that beginning and Marilyn manson i promise they never even considered <laughs> beautiful people but i swear they heard that but let's actually get to the chorus here for Two Shadows Scream to remind you. You gotta people. like build up to the chorus though, because I think this yeah? is yeah. This is just play it. Alright. Here it comes. I die if 
when they did a song quirk. My jaw dropped. When, when you that, heard that chorus? When that chorus hit. <laughs> I, I just was so completely stunned by that. It's shocking. It is shocking. <laughs> it is like, maybe if he can't, if he's like, hey, everybody, I, I like to set fire to infants. You know, that would have been shocking in its own way. But like, this mm. was, I didn't even know what to do when I heard that. I was like, I cannot wait to talk about this. this is the song. Oh, this is your I was so excited song. to talk about because I was just, it is so baffling. That chorus, when that kicks in. Yes. I was. I don't even have words to well, okay. articulate. Outside of the shock, do you like it? Do you like listening to this, this song? This song has been stuck in my head yeah! for like two weeks. I'm not even <laughs> exaggerating. Like it is, if there's like a quiet point during the day, yeah, it just immediately kicks in. The chorus specifically? The whole song. Wow. It is such a freaking earworm. And that the chorus especially. Yeah. So I respect it. I respect it like it's just this it's an shiny gun on the table. It's like, you are a beautifully designed piece of hardware. Yes, yeah, so you're saying, Davey, I don't want you in my house. <laughs> Davey my brought kids. the gun after all, is your point? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I like the sound of this song a lot up we, until that chorus. Like, this was, this is yeah, the first song yeah. where the chorus was like, God, this might be a deal breaker. The chorus is very hard to get over. Because up until then, it's like, a really good song, I think. Yeah. And then that one is just like, I can see people like, this is where I depart. Right. Like, yes. This is where I'm ejecting this CD mm-hmm. or deleting this MP3 or whatever you kids do and then yeah. throwing it out of my window because I'm just done. I think I think I was a little bit in that camp when I first listened to this album back in 2009 yeah. because listening to it, I incorrectly thought, and we'll get to their conclusions about this album later, but I incorrectly thought of this album as like, just a straight pop trajectory from Sing the Sorrow to Summer Underground to Crash Love. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's just a clear shot. But I think there's much more of a canyon between December Underground and Crash Love than yes. I realized before. Yeah. And so I respect it on a different level. And so I can look past just the poppiness. It's not like, oh, it's the worst, most mm-hmm. crappy, mass appeal, poppy parts of AFI moving forward. It's it's something different. Um, but we'll get to that in a bit. But here's like the here's the breakdown for okay. Two Shadow Scream. Pretty cool sounding breakdown yeah. with the background vocals, whatnot. Again, kind of getting that communal vibe. They could have there. done a video and they could have had a big Nuremberg thing going on. It would have been really great for him. <laughs> yeah, that's totally. That's what it reminds me of, like Marilyn Manson. Is I can just totally see him performing this song. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's exactly what the video would be like. Oh yeah, yeah, I can definitely see it. Uh, should we move on to Veronica Sawyer smokes? So, what do you think of this song, though? Like, oh, to try to scream? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't mind listening to it. I definitely am shocked and am turned off by the poppy chorus, but it's the uh it's the poppiest chorus on the album. And so I have to kind of remove myself from being too insulted by that. And this I is, think that the rest of the song kind of makes up for how poppy that chorus mm-hmm. is if you see that as a negative. So I don't I don't hate it. Yeah. It's not my least favorite song on the album. No. I like I have this weird respect for it. But at the same time, I don't know this is one of those, like, the concept of selling out, I think, is kind of dumb. Right. But I can see some super fan confronting the band about it, mm-hmm. and I can see them having a difficult time just saying no. 
with I, this song if they use that as like exhibit A of AFI being a sellout band is too shy to scream. It'd be difficult to articulate a case. Well, that's interesting just because it's not a single. It never it's, made it, it. Which is weird because this mm-hmm. would have been huge. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I'm always confused by how they actually They would have had to do the singles. a choreographed dance routine in the video, though. And it would sure. have been in like a high school gym with a bunch of pink skirts. Yep. I think it's the only way you can possibly get it done. Exactly. Uh, Hunter would have been the principal <laughs> with his wig Everyone look at me. His funky chicken in slow motion. His tie rolls up. There's like the <laughs> Looney Tunes flap up top <laughs> when he sees Davy's hot, tight pants. Yep. Uh, all right. So next song is Veronica Sawyer Smokes. Did you look up Veronica Sawyer? Nope. Well, believe it or not, it kind of harkens back to early AFI, where yeah. Veronica Sawyer is the name of Winona Ryder's character from a movie called Heathers. Oh, a little movie called Heathers. Do you remember Heathers? Yeah, of course. It was huge when I was. Okay, you in say my that. I, I have no memory of Heathers. Looked it up. It cost two million to make. Mm-hmm. It made one point one million in the box office. That's all? Yeah. It, it was, really it really tanked, I guess. It's like a huge cult film though for like my generation it must be yeah so actually jade did an interview where he was talking about this song specifically and saying like yeah you know we were listening to a lot of cure and the smiths at the time so it naturally mm-hmm. came out of that but that when he and davy were young winona Ryder was quote the girl if you were an angsty teen and you were mm-hmm. into punk winona was that kind of girl who was the anti-star and that's what we liked back then mm-hmm. davy is straight edge so the lyrics refer to him loving winona Ryder and then seeing her smoking in the movie and being totally crushed yeah <laughs> Have you seen it? No. It's a pretty, like, it's a very dark comedy. Okay. Where they just kill a bunch of kids in the high school. And then. Oh, okay. And it's one of those, like, ooh, it probably wouldn't be made now. Christian Slater's in it. And they, like, blow up the school. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's uh, definitely maybe pre Columbine kind of situation oh, there for sure. Like, maybe we should uh, make it a bonus episode. We should make it a bonus episode. It has, like, the classic line of, like, this jock gets killed and the dad gives this stammering. Um, eulogy where he says like they, they make him look like his son is gay and he says I love my dead gay son oh really yeah it's a super weird movie but okay it makes I, sense that AFI would be super into it yeah but it's and weird she, that, and, and uh, Winona Ryder was yeah. very cute okay it's interesting though that AFI would go back to referencing Winona Ryder in music seems like they've kind of moved on musically for so Beetlejuice. long exactly but now it's like hey in 2009 we're gonna go back and make a song that's Kind of cutesy and pretty simple, all about this chick we had a crush on when we were 16. Mm-hmm. But let's actually listen to the beginning of Veronica Sawyer, because I think there's going to be a special surprise. Oh. <laughs> number 11. <laughs> There we go. His beautiful love for uh, Winona Ryder. It seems like at the very beginning he's doing like a weird Buddy Holly type vocal styling that I ever heard him. Oh yeah, it before. is. It's it's a little more storytelling. Yeah, long form talky. Uh oh. <laughs> it's also fun to hear. I, I I like John Hughes, and so I like hearing AFI sing about them mm-hmm. again in the year two thousand nine. This isn't like ninety six again. Right. But here's them with their lyrics about writing a John Hughes movie. You every time I close my eyes in the Houston, my store produced and starving in my mind. 
wonderful. Mm-hmm. There's the, we should probably get the chorus in here too. Another pretty poppy chorus, mm-hmm. uh, right on the heels. Of the I last really song. like it though. You really like the song? Yeah, I, I don't like the the like the Buddy Holly kind of part at the beginning. Okay. That story's not the oldest one or whatever. Blah blah blah. When he when he starts doing that again, I'm like, ah, not that. But <laughs> uh-huh. I, I like the chorus a lot. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I I'm okay with that song. And I'm surprised that he's interested in someone who's smoking because isn't that like enough for him to enact Sharia law or something? Well, that's, that's what like, the song's about, smoking. is about having his heart broken because yeah. she smokes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the next song is Okay, comma, I Feel Better Now. Mm. Uh, let's listen to the beginning here. I really like the way it sounds. I had felt elation before all sensation died. We'll get back into the chorus mm-hmm. in a little bit here. Before the chorus kicks in, Cork, what do you think of Okay, I Feel Better Now? See, this seems more like like this is when the album kind of changes again for me tone-wise okay. because it's kind of moving more to older, more more recent AFI. Not When I say older like AFI. Like December Underground type stuff? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And kind of sing the sorrow. Because style. it's just less poppy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just kind of seems like it's... Um, more serious. Yeah, definitely. Here's the, here's the chorus here for this one. this the part where you're thinking you too yeah i can see it a little bit here too yeah it's a it's a song later specifically but i love it i mean it has the classic layering effect where mm-hmm. you know kind of repeated verses but just adding a little more drum or just a changing drum going throughout it yeah. um i really like this song i think it's the first one on the album where i think the chorus and the verses work really well together where mm-hmm. one's not dragging it down compared to the other yeah um it seems like this song kind of annoys me when like the big epic moment is like that it all kind of centers on is like making someone cry like that's this big emotional cornerstone right and when they're singing about earlier like finding corpses and all this other stuff it seems like that's such small potatoes to me like emotional like oh it made someone cry it's got like there's a whole steady song i really like Mm -hmm. but it but it all centers around like yeah i'm pretty sure we kissed and you're like oh who cares kiss somebody (laughs) you know what i mean and it's like said with such like deadpan sincerity, like here's a big deal, and like when it's like, I guess, I guess until the... I made you cry, you know, it's like oh, right, no. right. Show this me. Your... It's not like the gut punch that I think it's intended to mm-hmm. have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Davey, the lyrics, show your wounds. I'm bored with mine. I like that line a lot. Yeah, I do. I do like it a lot yeah. too. Um, 
I guess the difference here would be that maybe this is Davey writing personally, whereas the other one, it's him kind of role-playing the celebrities. Mm-hmm. The celebrity angle about, I mean, with the whole song about the guns and whatnot and finding the corpses. Yeah. But I see where you're coming from, but I guess just having those two side by side makes it a little uneven. Um, but I really like... I like the song overall, though. Oh, good, good. Yeah. There's the breakdown mm-hmm. that I really like, and then it kicks in towards the end into another gear that I really appreciate. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. drives home the positive communal angle that i was talking yeah, about yeah yeah i think even though the till i made you cry part makes me cringe i do like <laughs> that big cathartic release at the end yeah it's one of those songs that like it hasn't happened in a while in afi where it's like i want something to happen and then it happens and mm-hmm. i'm really excited and it feels great that's like one of those times when i'm like please just like explode kick into something yeah. god i really hope there's a song later on this album that really captures that essence gosh if even only. better but uh but yeah, I do think like just having that kind of optimistic background sounding vocals, it just seems like something that'd be unthinkable for the last couple albums. Mm-hmm. Sing the Sorrow, maybe a little bit, but especially, especially December Underground, they don't really get that fun angle too much in there. No. Okay, next moving on to Medicate. Yes. Which Davey says is his favorite song to play live on the tour. Um, let's just listen to the beginning because I think it, it starts pretty strong. I think it starts very strong. Oh, great. Number 11. That's the strong part. (laughs) Just a fun and simple guitar riff to really kick things off. And I've said this before for the earlier stuff. I think that there's more Axl Rose in Sir David Havoc than he might care to admit. Because I think that Guns N' Roses could be. He loves Guns N' Roses, to be fair. Does he really? Yeah. Has he talked about that? And have we talked about that? He's talked. I don't know if we've talked about it, but I remember reading an interview where he met Axl Rose. Mm -hmm. I think the. God, I'm pretty sure it was AFI. Where Davey said that Axl Rose knew who he was, and that was like the biggest deal to him. Because this is. Just sounds like a Guns N' Roses song. Interesting. Do you like Medicaid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a, a, a fun, catchy song. Yeah, here's the, here's the chorus, just to refresh your memory. Yeah. You and me, now it's we, harking back to the mm-hmm. first song ever that we covered on the AFI with the lyrics. First of all, there is no we. I'm detached from you completely. Yep. Uh, just a weird connection there. But uh, yeah, Medicate. I like the breakdown they get the into. The big nothing at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's it see. seems like old AFI, too, what I like about that is that they don't overindulge. And this seems like a section that, like, years earlier, that it would have been like four minutes long. <laughs> okay. With some wind chimes thrown in there yes. to be good spooky. And I like when the background vocals kick oh, in. Oh, it's here. the best.
pretend this is real. What mm-hmm. do you think Davy medicates himself with? Hmm. He does he? I don't know. Caffeine? Does he do that or not? I don't know. I don't know if straight edge people can have caffeine. Gosh. I felt like we spoke their language. He has a gas them. mask when he goes into coffee shops, I think, just to make sure it's all on the level. And he's just spraying poison everywhere. <laughs> have my venom. <laughs> Weirdos. <laughs> uh, so there's also the big, first big guitar solo from Jade for a little while. Definitely the first one on this album. It is absurd. Here we go. That's why it's, it's totally like Guns N' Roses. Like. Yeah, yeah. good rocking way to finish this song out it yep. sounds like tom Morello to me and it ends with a yelp too oh wait an oh yelp oh yeah does it yeah I, I didn't put it down on my notes oh, we'll have to double check this double check here, it. here it is It's not high pitch enough. Oh. I don't count it. Oh. <laughs> oh, Baloney. But really strong song. Uh, I bet once they got that in the can, they felt super good about themselves. Yeah. Like, all right, that rocks. That's going to be a really mm-hmm. fun one moving forward. Yep. Yep. Solid, solid choice for a single. I think it was the first single actually off this album. They had a music video for it too, if I remember correctly. I believe that we just watched that not too yeah. long ago. It's uh, in black and white. But with gold all over. And a screen projecting... The feet of the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they show the little like video village with like the director of the music video working back there. Yeah. Filming AFI. And you think it's just, oh, black and white, and they have some gold instruments and like the microphone's gold. Yeah. And that's it. But then of course the lady comes in. Oh, femme fatale. The old vixen who has blonde gold hair. Oh my gosh. And then they all fall down and <laughs> they start bleeding butterscotch. What more do you need? It says it all, man. And then at the end, David Havoc falls down, and in his hand is the Crash Love logo. From the lady. Because the lady had it. Because they're kind of teasing that lady throughout it with like this VHS-looking footage before yeah. then Davey's in the footage. I, and think then... they're, I think they're doing like a commentary on like, oh, sleazy LA. Could be. Video porn. Dirty. Yuck. <laughs> Nasty. I don't want to f*** you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, again, Davey being punished by a woman, which seems to be a recurring theme in his music <laughs> videos. It reminds me of, like, the Leaving Song Part 2 mm-hmm. video, where it's just, I mean, there's a little bit of a story, I guess, with, like, the lady coming in and hurting Mr. David. But outside of that, it's, it's basically just a concert footage, a stylized concert footage, you know? I feel like they get the directors on set, and they're like, okay, here's the deal. This girl comes in, and she's got a pendant, and it's, it's crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, and, and then we fall. No, yeah, 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 I got it. I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, okay, here you go. Jump around. Here, Jade, if you could spin and kick the air. <laughs> okay, are the girls, yes, they're, ca- ah. Davey has some good dance moves. Yep. Uh, He kicks it up a notch. Does he have one. a little skunk stripe in his hair, too? He does. It's a little Jay Leno. It's like the reverse Jay Leno. Yeah. I guess you'd call it. Yeah, it's just for this music video in particular. I don't think he aged a year in no. between filming this one and the next one or whatever. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's Medicaid. Check Pretty out the handsome. music video. It's red hot. Moving on to I'm trying very hard to be here. Not to be here. I think it's to be, be here. here. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's to be here. That's what I have on my phone, at least. All right, that uh, changes things for me. Very. I had to reevaluate everything I've written. Is that true? No. Okay. Well, it is an interesting title, just getting a little bit more into the emotional side of Davey. I don't think this is a storytelling one specifically as far as the title goes. I think it probably mm. gets to something at him, but. But. 
then the actual song itself <laughs> is a little bit more storytelling or more it's more of the celebrity side of things for this album yeah but let's listen to the beginning here let's do it number 12 So, yeah, all about the frailty of Hollywood life and how mm-hmm. temporary and fleeting it all is. Uh, you know, as much as we said about the poppiness of earlier tracks, mm-hmm. I think this one might. Uh, maybe not the chorus specifically, but it is one of the popular songs on the album. Let's just get to the core of it here. Yep. Despite having the AFI woes in there, I remember this song very specifically listening to it for the first time back in 2009 and being like, nope, right <laughs> out. I'm not going to listen to this horse shit with flash, flash, car crash, <laughs> take a picture. No way. It uh, seems like a parody of like the worst impulses of AFI. <laughs> How so? That chorus in particular. Okay. Yeah, it just it makes me constantly just think of like Princess Diana. Like, is that oh, is that the a song they're going for? The paparazzi just killing all these people. Yeah, I understand that he's role playing a little bit with the lyrics, but uh, there's also the lyrics later on. We can't remember the season. We chant in the man-made snow. We cannot. We can't recall the feelings that we cannot show. Uh, talk about not remembering the season. And he's like with this song, they forgot who AFI even is anymore. I know what you're saying. And then they they're coming down on Mad Made Snow. We've seen the videos. <laughs> they're fond of Mad Made Snow. Let me tell you, huge fans of Mad Made Snow. Uh, so they're also there's obviously uh, a breakdown later on, but we're gonna jump to the tail end of that. There it is. We can can remember the season. I'm going to count that as number 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, let the record show. And then moving on <laughs> uh, a couple seconds later in this. That's number 14. So you're counting that one, but not the one before? Yes. That one is much more of a oh, classic. Oh, it's it's that higher pitch that you need in order to really sell it. Oh, boy. Uh, so that's, that's I'm trying very hard to be here. Have mm-hmm. we said enough about this little baby? I feel so. Okay. I also feel so. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So Sacrilege is the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, starts out fast. Let's just refresh ourselves. It feels like an older song to me. That's what I wrote down. Because okay. it's kind of that word pile up where you can tell he's got a lot of stuff he wants to say. Yes. And he's just like, I'm going to jam it in here. Right. It, it's weird to hear the words, like to actually be able to understand what they're saying. Because it seems like a song that it, you should be reading the lyrics to me. And that's how I understand what's being said. Right. And also, I mean, the lyrics are just about being kind of disgusted by your surroundings, which is a theme that I feel like we've covered a lot before. In that one line that he says, we've got to shave the face, I think is very powerful. It's true. Let's listen to the chorus here. Feel I feel I feel 
not not a terrible chorus. No, it's a good chorus. Yeah, uh, not not crazy, but the song overall. Yeah, it's just kind of middle of the road. Yeah, they get uh, another guitar solo in here, but it's much less interesting than the one on Medicaid. But here's kicking in. That was number 15, by the way. <laughs> there we go. I like how the music drops out at the end there, and he kind of has this little singy moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else to say about Sacrilege? Nope. I think it's it's okay. Not 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 crazy it's about okay. it. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> so next song, Darling, I Want to Destroy You. I'm going to play from the beginning here. You tell me what band this sounds like, Cork, other than AFI. Okay. Anything come to mind? Two things. Yeah. They're like 90s era, like I would say like Pearl Jam mm. or like a Stone Temple Pilots kind of thing going yeah. on there. You're probably more right. I wrote down Foo Fighters. Okay. But yeah, I could definitely see it being in that camp. Also, this is going to be embarrassing, but mm-hmm. I was listening to this song last night and it was reminding me so much of this song and I sang out the entire song and I could not come up with a single line to Google to find out what song this yeah. is. So I'm going to play myself singing it in a recording on my phone okay this is the part in the afi song that reminds me of it does anything come to mind i could not place it there's something here yes okay i know exactly what it is what is it but i only know the music of it Mm -hmm. uh let me (laughs) i label it my phone (laughs) as song i can't remember here's me in my bedroom last night singing this song that that sounds like okay but I can't think of a love line here. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. You gotta let your light shine in. Ooh! Let the light shine in. Yes, that is that is the lyrics. Okay, hang on a second. It sounds like Lola for a minute, like the pink <laughs> song at the very beginning. No, no, no. Okay. So hang on. Let's Google live lyrics. Uh-huh. Light shine down. Yeah. God. Oh, here it is. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, collective soul yes. shine. Oh, damn it. I should okay. have totally had that. You're a huge collective soul fan. Oh, colossal. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Collective Soul Inside Out. Uh, okay, sorry, let's get back to the AFI here, but that part was driving me nuts. Yes. Weird distorted vocals here. It reminds me of a Ween song. Like a joke song? Ween. I know, but like Poop Ship Destroyer? Is that <laughs> yeah. the, clearly just the like best Ween song? Just like when he's doing like the funny, like, yeah. Yeah. It's just like a terrible joke song. Sure. So the lyrics... I love Ween, too, by the way. I love Ween, too. But the lyrics are about kind of like secretly building somebody up and then despising them on mm-hmm. your inside. Uh, kind of like you with everyone in your life surrounding you. I must confess, I'm overdressed. Yeah. Let's listen to the chorus here. What a dick. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 
I know the lyrics bother you with the being overdressed, but I mean, you know, it's it's him role playing a little story here. It's not like he's talking about how great of a dresser he is compared to everybody in the world. I know, literally, it's funny. Uh, I think I think this is my favorite chorus on the album. Really? Yeah, yeah, I really really like it, especially like the build up to the final chorus mm. towards the end here. There we go. Darling, I want to destroy you. Mm-hmm. Take away this song, Cork. You a fan? Yeah, it's just there. It's just there. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like that one a lot, but all okay, right. Okay, that's fine. Teach their own. That's fine. Uh, Cold Hands, next song. All uh, right. Opens up with kind of the heaviest guitar on the album here. Yeah. <laughs> It's, a, it's like the most rocking song on the album, I guess. This is another, like, yeah, Pearl Jam should cover this. Yeah, What's yeah. What's going on with Jade? Is he just a huge fan of grunge? I don't know. What's he sort of doesn't on? seem like a grungy guy. AFI no. in general doesn't seem to be a big fan of grunge. No, but this, like, the last couple of songs, I would hazard to say. Mm-hmm. There you go. Downright grungy? Yeah. Uh, here's the chorus for this one. Cut the love song. Mm-hmm. Heavier tune, chorus. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's all about a brutal breakup from perspective of somebody that just found out like some terrible stuff about their lover. And he has the line, quote, When I blinked, you turned away to kiss the hand of filth. Oh, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> exactly. Why, Nona? <laughs> You've crossed me for the last time, woman. Uh, yeah, cold hands. I know some people... Kind of use this as an example when complaining about modern AFI. Was like you have that whole song about cutting the love songs. Like AFI, you should cut the love songs, buddies. But <laughs> buddies, I, I like the collective, yeah. the collective soul of that whole thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's an okay song. I'm not I'm not too against it. When yeah, at w- this point, kind of my like enthusiasm for the the album, even after listening to a bunch, is kind of petered off. Yeah, at this point, it's kind of like okay, this is basically done. We're just coasting along. Well, this is the last end. song of the official album the next one is isn't it yeah it was mine let's uh let's give a listen to this this sounds like some zeppelin song can you help me out i don't know anything about zeppelin really Uh, oh wow never listened to it there's the next podcast It's a super interesting sound uh, for AFI. I always mm-hmm. like a good slowed down heavy AFI. Yeah. Here's, here's the chorus here. Yeah, 
you think of it was mine? It's kind of staggers along till the end. Uh, holy cow, Court, it's brutal. So it didn't do much for me. Okay. It's it's an okay closer, not as climactic as some of their stuff from previous albums. I like uh, the chorus. Yeah, I think the chorus is fine. I, I like the breakdown. Uh, it kind of does an interesting thing, harkening back to the earlier parts of this album, where in the breakdown, they have surprisingly high-pitched uh, background vocals mm-hmm. instead of just Davey being high-pitched. So yeah. here's, here's an example of that. I like this. Yeah. It's a weird church kind of sound. They'll take all you let them find. They kind of have a trail off towards the end to kind of make it feel a little bit more climactic and final. Mm-hmm. But the lyrics, it, it gets back to that celebrity angle just about trying to hold on to love despite an audience in front of you, which maybe would relate to Davey the most, but it definitely feels again, just kind of like him talking about pretty Hollywood. Does he publicly date people? Is that what's going on? Mm, I think he likes to keep that super private. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all that dumb debate about his sexuality, whatnot, which we've talked a little bit about, Mm -hmm. but I think it's pretty clear. He's straight. He's just a, just a fashionable guy who likes to keep his personal life personal. Yeah. Unless it's his mother. He'll flaunt her anywhere. in Real estate magazine around town. (laughs) He doesn't give a crap. Yep. Uh, so that's the end of the official album for you, grubby plebs. That's right. But we're moving on, and we'll fly through this kind bonus of stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Next song. Okay. <laughs> next song is a song called "Feigning Spells." I want to just listen to this entire song. Cork. Before we even start it, what do your notes say about "Feigning Spells"? When I was listening to it, I was like, I wonder what this would sound like. If it was less of a song sketch, it was like a full-on, like produced song, and then it, the chorus kicks in. You're like, "Oh, well, maybe I wish I didn't know." It's <laughs> got a very like Nirvana kind of sound too. I think. Okay, oh, that's um, interesting. Let's listen to that moment you're just talking about here. In my ear. So it's a uh, a minute before mm-hmm. this happens. Man is special. That's right. This song is actually written during December Underground. Uh, it's an outtake from that, or like a B-side, I guess. Mm-hmm. I forgot how you call it. A f- overflow from that recording <laughs> session that they off. put here. But clearly they couldn't throw it away. And it is it is a novelty song. Mm-hmm. The idea of like, let's do really slow, little acoustic guitar. And now it, we're wrong. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just to have that quick switch in there. It feels like... I mean, it'd be such a fun one live, and mm-hmm. I've never seen him sing it live, and I really want to see it now, because it just seems like it's taking kind of the lessons from, you know, some other songs, maybe like God Called and Sick to Air, Morningstar, which has that, like, big kick in, yeah, and then just making an entire song about fluctuating between that kick in and kind of that wind down. Um, but this is the song I was talking about where I heard it, and I was like, holy crap, mm-hmm. I listen to this so much. I really, really, really like this song. Really? Yeah. You weren't that strongly opinionated on it? I, I gave you my opinion. Okay. You forced me to tell I you. I really did. So talking about how they kind of dropped the electronica. Got some claps, though. Yeah, it is. Just because this was recorded during the December Underground era. Here's a little climactic moment. Oh, so cool. 
Namaste. Now we need the vocals to kick in, I'm sorry. Bold song, it's a different song, mm-hmm. and it didn't have that much of an impact on you. No, I'm sorry. That's fine. Maybe you're just getting tired at this point. I totally get it. No. Okay. Well, next song We've is... We've Got the Knife. We've Got the Knife. Uh, this one is from the actual Crash Love recording sessions. Um, he's not singing about a knife, is he? You know what? I don't think he's singing about a knife. The guitar work kind of sounds like Mars Volta or something in the beginning. It's another interesting sound for AFI. Let's check it out. Maybe more Sparta than Mars Volta. Yeah, so again, singing about kind of removing the power from a loved one. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that your knife reference, Cork? You think it's about emasculating? I don't know. Okay. Well, let's, here's the chorus for this one. I also really like the sound of this song. I think the chorus is really solid. Yeah. You're not too crazy about it? These bon- the the Bonna songs. Yeah. Um kind of just ambivalent about them overall. Cork, I'm the complete opposite. It's weird. These four bonus tracks are my favorite songs on the album. Yeah. Uh especially this part coming up right here. It's number sixteen for <laughs> oh. Uh that is We've Got the Knife. I think it's a solid song. Uh moving on to the next one. Where we used to play. This is also off the Crash Love recording sessions. It's got a really good bass intro. Yeah. It's got a dirty, funky, dirty. Beautiful people. Who's your daddy? Hunter is your daddy. I make that joke a lot. <laughs> this is the U2 sounding song that I was talking about. Oh, yeah, about. for sure. I'm curious to know if Jackknife worked on this one. layering throughout the entire thing. Let's actually get to the chorus here. All about ghost trains. We more ghost trains lyrics from AFI. Because he's talking about he's not meant for this time. So are we to believe that he thinks he should have been born during the Old West? I think so, when there the were ghost so many more ghost trains running around. Or dragon times? My what other grandpa. times do you think that Dave, Sir David had? It Is there be? just kind of like um, an amorphous time? Like, you know, when God was creating the earth and mm. it was all just like a big ball of water? Yes. Um, I Maybe there were kind of like some amoeba swim around. I bet David would fit in really well. Just a bunch of asexual creatures flipping and flopping. Mm-hmm. I think he could probably swing that for a while. Are has velvet been invented mm. at this point? Yeah, that's a good point. That's probably a deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that back. 
So that's where we used to play. I think it's a really strong song. I really like the chorus. I like everything about it. And I'm not the biggest U2 fan, but I really like the sound of that. Hmm. Uh, 100 Words is the next song, which is off of the Sing to Sorrow sessions. So going way back. Yeah. Uh, here it is. Guitar kind of sounds like God Called Him Sick today's intro. Mm-hmm. It really does. This is the final night ball. You can tell it's old, or I mean, you know, six years older at this point, just from how affected Davy's voice is. I yeah. forgot, like, the Sing the Sorrow, December Underground. I think what drives me nuts more than anything else is just, I feel Davy straining, trying to make his voice more stylish than it is. Yeah, it's kind of... Like disaffected nasal almost in retrospect yeah because we know he's capable of a lot more yeah for sure and i think the rest of the song or the rest of this album i think is singing is super solid mm -hmm. and then this one is just that throwback where it's like oh that's right this is what it used to sound like here's the chorus here There's a hundred words. So he says, now beautiful boys, let's destroy. Mm-hmm. We'll break some falls. Okay. It's kind of a weird thing to say. And then I'm not trying to be like stupid or funny. Does he really say wrestle a glitter guy? <laughs> I doubt it. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but I very much doubt it. I was more fascinated and kind of annoyed in this song by like the you line. Fall down on the ground catches you? Nope. Nope. What? Uh, although that's how you fly in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You miss, right? Exactly. You throw yourself at the ground, you miss. But uh, the line where he says, as the shadows kill, they are overshadowed. <laughs> Just running through the shadows there back to back. Uh, so that, I think, is a perfectly solid song. A hundred words. Mm -hmm. Not not my favorite. It definitely feels older. Uh, the next song, which going to the next layer of the stratosphere which is the iTunes Store Expanded Edition oh, my of Crash Love. This Android people don't get that. Yeah, this is very specifically for iTunes only. Uh, so the first one there is called Too Late for Gods. Mm -hmm. It is one of two songs that both have kind of religious titles to it, but here's Too Late for Gods. Sounds like an old bass line for AFI. Also, this song is different because it takes like 45 seconds for the vocals to really kick in. Uh, here's the chorus here. Weird, funky guitars. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a lot of stuff in here that sounds like an older song of AFI's, it was from the Crash Love sessions. Like Weird. the lyrics are about sitting poolside. Oh. So it's like very literally about with your cool bro. Yeah, high fiving. <laughs> a hot bikini walks by. Uh, <laughs> Pulling your sunglasses down. I could get used to this. So the next song, I'm, I'm not crazy about Too Late for Gods. Next song is Breathing Towers to Heaven. Let's get a quick lesson or quick listen to this little baby. 
second. I'm actually going to jump ahead to this part here where he sounds interesting. That sound right there, it's just like the perfect fusion that Davey's been going for of like Green Day and Danzig. Mm hmm. finally kicks in and i don't think it's too strong of a song overall as much as i like the bonus songs i feel like the last two on the super edition are not fantastic except for this part right here number 17 we're up to 17 and we have one more afi album to go uh, but that is it for the super duper expanded version of both this podcast yeah. and Holy cow. Uh, Crash Love. Best song. Yeah, great question. Worst song. All right, let's start with best song. Okay. Uh, even though I like the chorus on, uh, hang on a second. Even though I like the chorus on. Veronica Sawyer's Smoking no. Cigarettes. Oh, Darling, I Want to Destroy You. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the overall best song on the bass version of the album, mm-hmm. it's a very important qualifier, Yeah, is Okay, I Feel Better Now. If we include the expanded, I for sure go Fainting Spells by a mile. Really? Love Fainting Spells. Okay. What's your favorite song on this? I'm going to cop out and do the best worst song is Too Shy to Scream. It's like all... The fact that... Oh, you're doing both? Yeah. The fact that it was stuck in my head for two weeks. Yeah. And... I'm still walking around as a living person. <laughs> Tells you something, right? It has to mean something. Wow. No one's ever gone best and worst for the same song before, Corey. Because it's it's just this monstrous beast. That, it is certainly... Again, uh, my, my, the biggest, most prevailing feeling I have about it is respect, like I said. Respect. I really respect to... this song. Okay. They're able to pull something off just like as that. As much as I want to just absolutely hate it with every ounce of my being right also kind of love it too okay i i like that a lot yeah i think my least favorite song is i'm trying very hard to be here which is the flash flash car crash <laughs> i can't i can't do <laughs> that it that one reminds me of like if this album got really big and weird mm-hmm. owl was like i gotta do one of my <laughs> songs it's not like a direct parody but it's like a pastiche yeah of an AFI song, that's what he would come up with. Something <laughs> quite similar to that. But it's that song stands out so much for me as far as AFI's entire uh, flash, lexicon. Flash, car crash. All right, so yeah, what are your overall takes on this album? Let's, let's get the full review out here, man. I think it's a really interesting album. Um, the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. Okay, which hasn't always happened with AFI albums. Yeah, like there's been some that's just like everyone like just. Stop! I don't, want, I don't want to. I don't want to hear this one so I've much. I heard anymore. you screaming in your car before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This one, yeah, I think it's a pretty strong album overall. Which on the first listen, I did not think that I was going to come to that conclusion. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this whole experience has been kind of a delightful twist for me. Where I thought, yeah, this is where kind of peters off and gets poppy and kind of boring with AFI. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really, really shocked by how much I enjoyed this album. I will. I can confidently say it's one of my favorite AFI albums now. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. 
really came That's around. It, it makes me frustrated and want to scream at the old version of me. Mm-hmm. Just be like, just give it up. Like, yeah, there's some poppy songs in here, but just appreciate it as a pop rock album. And seeing from that perspective, especially just going from like a pure rock album, mm-hmm. like from almost a U2-esque perspective, I think it's a really, really solid production. I understand why AFI is so proud of this one. Um, yeah. And I'm frustrated that I wasn't able to see it and appreciate it for what it was back then. It and like I like that it brings back the positive communal aspect. I like Davey's singing in it. I think it's really solid. Um, I like the guitar work. And I feel like, this, maybe this is a weird analogy, but going back to the beginning of AFI, remember we were talking about Brownie Bottom Sunday and how that was kind of like a harbinger of things to come? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was the descendant or the ancestor of a lot of stuff in like Black Sails and Art of Drowning. And I feel like this album is an ancestor or a descendant, sorry, of Modern Epic off of Very Proudia, which is a song I remember you really like, just kind of a straightforward rock song. Yeah. Positive overall. And even though this is kind of themed around Hollywood and celebrities, I feel like just it's a nice, positive, summary album with some good guitar work mm-hmm. that's fun to listen to. Yeah. It, it, can we say for a second, though, like, I understand they have some what they probably think is some really scathing criticism of that aspect of our culture. Yeah. It's kind of a fat, lazy target, isn't it? I mean, it's just <laughs> sitting there waiting to get kicked. Right. It's not right. like anyone is like, you know what? I really like how shallow celebrity is. I think it's pretty awesome. Right. No one's going to go out of their way to stick it to farmers in Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you in that respect. But it clearly is just something. I mean, it's not like they're really taking the piss out of them so much. I think it's just something that Davey's grown to be fascinated by. And the rest of the band, too. I guess I'll throw them some bones. But uh, overall, I would give this album like solid, solid 8.5, Yeah, that's probably where i would land on it too okay i was you seem more down on it than that to me no 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 no. i really like it okay um and and i want to be like you oh god (laughs) desperately desperately want to tell you the secret of man's red fire all right jungle book reference everybody (laughs) uh so (laughs) that's it for man sorry this episode went on so long turns out this is a hell of a long album next album this is the one that i don't think i have any connection to I, oh, really? I could not definitively tell you if I've listened to all of Burials. Which... I'm super excited to hear if that opinion has changed. Yeah, yeah. So Burials for 2013. This is the thing. Like, I like this album so much. I'm excited by the idea of how close current AFI is to Crash Love. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, they're not that far away. Maybe there is a lot of good stuff that I just haven't learned to appreciate in Burials specifically. So we're going to find out next week, next Monday, when we cover uh, the last ah. AFI album. It's very exciting. The bonus episodes, of course. We're going to go nuts. Get in the game. Here gets. we go. Sex cells. Sex cells. I have a whole list of bonus stuff that's going to be really fun to go down with you. We're going to get some guests in for sure. Maybe not the biggest right out of the gate. It'll build to the biggest, uh, but it'll be fun. So stick with us. And next week, we're going to cover burials in its entirety. Until then. All right. Hey, bye. Hey, bye.